Sean and uh, worship band, thank you very much. Um, we have understood this morning clearly why we're here and the one that we are praising. So thank you um, for leading us in that this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word with you, turn with me to a passage of Scripture. And as I read it in just a few moments, you're going to like, you're really preaching a Mother's Day message about this mom and about this instance? And my answer is yes. Maybe it's by lack of sleep. Maybe it is, uh, no, it's not by that. I believe God has a word for us mothers and fathers and young and old today from Matthew chapter 20. If you have a copy, please turn there to Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to read a few verses um, that you will see on the screen and then we will get into Matthew 20 starting in verse number 20 uh, this morning. But to kind of introduce this, let's just look at some words of a mother. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, down through verse 10 states this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, son, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For you are, excuse me, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 22 through 25 state this, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. By truth, do not sell it by wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. And then Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 and 2, and then verses 10 down through verse 17, states this, the the words of the king, an oracle that his mother taught him. So Lemuel, the king, said, hey, here's what my mother taught me in Proverbs 31, verse 1. What are you doing, my son? And what are you doing, son of my womb? And she goes on and she teaches these words. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The the heart of her husband trusts in her. He and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm. All the days of her life she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and the portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hand. She plants This vineyard, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. All of these words Solomon wrote, multiplied others, Solomon wrote concerning a mom. 
And this morning, I want us to look at the heart of a mom, the heart of a mother. And two keys for us this morning as we look at this heart of a mother from Matthew chapter 20. So let me read Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 24, and try to understand this mom. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, she came up to him and she came up to Jesus. She came up to Jesus with her sons and kneeling before him. So she is bowed down on her knees before Jesus. She asked him for something. And here's what she said in verse 21. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered. (laughs) Um, Mother of the sons of Zebedee, you do not know what you are asking. Looking at the boys, if you're reading this, looking at the boys, he asked them, are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And he said to them, you will drink this cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left, it's not mine to grant. But it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come this morning, God, I say thank you. I say thank you for what took place on the cross. God, I say thank you for... Loving us, Father, for uh, making a way for us. God, as, uh, as we sang just a moment ago, was reminded of, of a passage of Scripture that I had this week in my time with you of Isaiah chapter 1, where you tell your people in Isaiah, you tell them, Wash your hands, cleanse yourselves, knowing full that they can't. And then coming a few verses later in Isaiah 1 and saying that you, Father, that you are going to wash this iniquity and this sin. Though our hearts are like crimson, they will be whiter than snow because of what you will do. God, thank you for loving us. Father, I pray that as we focus on this passage in Matthew chapter 20 this morning. Father, for the mothers that are here, may it resonate with them. For the the men that are here, may, may we see a fresh and a new our Heavenly Father. Father, for every person that is here, you have something to say to every one of us. 
May you give us ears to hear this morning, spiritual ears, not, not just the words that are going to be spoken, not just the stories that are going to be seen, but Father, we need to hear from you. So Lord, I pray that you would speak, use me this morning to bring honor and glory to your great name. I ask it in Christ's name, amen. Think of yourself as one of those ten disciples. You are seeing it unfold in front of you as this mom who absolutely loves her two boys comes before Jesus and she says to him, and these, these are my words, she says to him, now, Jesus, I, I love you. Jesus, I cannot just, I really love you. And, and you see these two boys, I'm just going to ask you something. And here's what I'm going to ask you, and it's going to be the audacity that she has. She, she says, um, Jesus, there are three people that are just great in the whole world, and, and you're the greatest, but I'm telling you a close second and a close third are my two boys right here. Will you let them sit at your right hand and at your left hand in your kingdom? Jesus is omniscient. I just, I just wonder. Omniscient means he knows everything. So before she opens her mouth, he knew what she was about to ask. And I'm just thinking, maybe he's thinking, you really have that look on your face and you're about to ask me this? That facial expression? You're, are you really about to ask me, can your two boys sit one on my right and one on my left? That's probably not what he was thinking. Say, Brian, this passage, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John's mother ushers them up to the feet of Jesus. She kneels down before Jesus and she says, hey, Jesus, I'll absolutely love you. Would you please allow James and John to sit at your right and at your left in your kingdom. You do understand that Jesus does not just shoo her to the side. He says, um, hey guys, are you able to drink my cup? Looking at the death that he was going to die, James and John do. They are persecuted, they are killed for their faith, and he acknowledges that, but then he says, hey, I, I cannot give you this request, because it's not mine to give. It, it's the one who sent me, my father's, to give. He has prepared it for someone, and it's... His to give. Let me read for you a couple of more verses as we think of this statement. The righteous 
jealousy of a mother. Here's what God says about you, and He says this about me this morning. Here's what He says. He says, but God, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, God states this, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And you have been raised up with Him, with Christ. And catch this next phrase. And you have been seated with Him in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God wants you and He wants me seated just like Mrs. Zebedee wanted her two sons. He wants you seated on the right and on the left. He wants you seated right beside Him so that in the ages to come, in His kingdom, you might see all the things that He's done for you. You and I might understand the love, the price that was paid for you and for me. came across a story this week. It's, it's a story about a first grader. He brings a, a note home to his mom from his teacher. And uh, he doesn't know what it says, but the first grader, grader brought it home, and here's what the note said. Your son is stupid. Your son is dumb. Your son cannot learn anything. Signed, the teacher. Now, moms, what would you do? I mean, you would get in your vehicle and you would go as fast as you possibly could, probably even breaking the law so that the cops would come with you to the school. Here's what the mom... The mom wrote back to this teacher and said, You do not understand my son. You do not understand what needs to happen in his education. And she pulled him out of school. And this son, he only had some 1,100 patents with the United States Patent Office. His name was Thomas Edison. Here's what he wrote about his mom. My mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me. And I felt I had something to live for, someone that I must not disappoint. Every single mom. You're here today, you hear those words, we hear those words, we think about moms, we think about our mom. As I prayed earlier this morning, for some of us it is a, a great day, it's a happy day, for some of us it is a sad and a hard day, and I understand that. It's hard on a, a number of, of levels. Some of you here have wanted to be a mom, and you can't be a mom, you have 
seen your mom live in front of you and now she has passed. And it's a hard day. I understand that. I sympathize with you and want you to understand that this passage in front of us in Matthew chapter 20 is not just about Mrs. Zebedee, it is about our Savior. And we are so thankful for moms. None of us would be here without our mom, right? We are so thankful, but even more, none of us would be here without our Heavenly Father. And so, here is this mom. And she has a righteous jealousy about her two boys. But you and I need to understand that it was given to her by your creator. Your creator and her creator gave this to her. I used to teach, uh, used to coach, and... uh, I don't know why it was, Nathan, but after I quit coaching you, you started winning. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember this one mom who came up to me, and, you know, it's just like every sport, no matter what the sport is, her kid is the greatest. And I, I just see her in this same statement, there are multiplied other examples, but I see this one mom just come up to me and say, you know what, my kid, he can make the basket. We were playing basketball. He can make, why don't you put him in? Why don't you let him? And the kid couldn't catch. I mean, he, he could not dribble. He could not do anything needed for that sport. And she just, and I just let her talk. I, we were over on the side before practice, after practice, before the game, after the game. I just, I, she loves her kid. She wants the very best for her kid. You, you want the very best for you. I want the very best for my kid. Here is a mom who is jealous about her sons. But you and I need to understand this, that God is jealous about you. You're his child. If you've accepted him as your Savior and Lord, you are his, and he has accepted you into his family. He has taken you, and he has said, you know what? Your sins are gone, and I'm jealous for you. This mom says to her sons, she says, you can do this that you can. That mom was telling me, he can make a basket. He couldn't hit the basket. He could barely hit the floor. It's called gravity because, you know, it it happens. But here is this jealous God. You look throughout the Old Testament and you see his jealousy for himself multiplied times over and for those men and women that were following him. You know the example? The example is Gideon. Gideon says, I'm so scared of the Midianites. And God says, no, you can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. He said, no, I can't. I'm going to hide. He said, no, you can do it. He says, you can do it. Moses, he comes to him and says, you can do it. And Moses, "I, I, I can't talk. I stutter. There's no way in the world that I can go before 
um, the Egyptians. There's no way that I can go before Pharaoh. There's no way that I can stand up and I can lead your people. And he says, no, I believe in you. To Joshua, he says, have courage and be strong. You can do it. You can lead these people. To Abraham, I'm too old. He said, no, I see it in you. I see that you are the father of a great nation. No, I see that you are a father of multiplied nations. You can do it. I don't know what you've disqualified yourself from today. That you say, you know what, I'm not good enough. No, I, I can't do it. God says, you know, you know what, I'm jealous for you. I love you. You can do it. Second key this morning, not only the righteous jealousy of a mother, but you and I see the love of a mother. The audacity that she had to come before the king, to kneel before him and ask these, this question of these two boys. A mother's love is strong. Solomon Rosenberg and his family found themselves herded onto a train. They were herded onto a train like cattle and they found themselves, because of their race, because of them being Jews, they found themselves in the midst of a Nazi concentration camp. And they lived under one rule, and here was the rule of everyone that found themselves where they found themselves. As long as you can work, as long as you can do your work, you are permitted to live. When you become too weak to do your work, then you will be exterminated. Every night, they would huddle. he would find himself after work and he would huddle with his family, his mom, his dad, his wife, his two sons, and they would be thankful that they made it through one more day. One day he comes in from work and he can't find his mom, he can't find his dad, and he knew what happened. They had come in and they had taken his mom and his dad and killed him. He had two boys named Joshua and David. David was the youngest. David was frail. And Solomon just knew it was any day now. Any day now. He comes in from work and Joshua is in tears. He can't find his wife. Solomon can't find his wife. And he's like, where in the world is, is your mom, Joshua? And he said these words. Oh, Papa. When they came for David, he was afraid and he was crying. Mama said, there is nothing to be afraid of, David. And then she took his hand, and she went with him. And they killed her. And they killed him. The love of a mother for her child, to grasp his hand and to walk with him so that he would not die alone. Let that sink in for a second. But then let these words also sink in.
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose you. Even as He gave His Son for you. Not that He would go and die with you, but that He would go and die for you. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. In love. According to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him, you and I have obtained an inheritance. The love of a mother is great. But the love of our Heavenly Father for you today, for you and for me today, it is so much greater. He has given every single thing, everything He gave Himself. I don't... I don't know where you are today in your spiritual journey. I don't know if you've accepted Him as Savior and Lord. I don't know what is keeping you, what's in your mind and your thinking. I don't know that. But I need you to once again understand how much He loves you. He doesn't care about your past. He dealt with that. He doesn't care about the junk. He dealt with that. He loves you Despite that. And He loves you so much that He doesn't want you to stay the way that you are right now. He loves you so much that He gave His very best for you. Not that you wouldn't have to die alone, but that you might live for all eternity. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. God, the passage that is here in Matthew chapter 20 about a mother's request for her sons. Lord, maybe we have never looked at that before in that way. See the, the great request. But Father, even more than that, how... You love us and you desire for us to come to you. On the day that we celebrate Mother's Day here today, may we be able to celebrate individually and as a whole church family. Our Heavenly Father. His love. His justice and Him being the justifier his jealousy for yourself, Lord, for yourself. You are jealous and you are right in being that way because there is no one like you. As high as the heavens are, 
there is nothing in all of creation as great and marvelous as our great God. And you are mindful of us. Thank you. You gave your very best for us. Lord, as we go about today, may we be reminded how much you love us, what you've done for us, and your desire to make us look like you. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen.